Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. Good to be with you all again, and uh, this morning as we continue on in this uh, message series of gratitude, uh, becoming grateful uh, people, uh, if you would take your Bibles and open them up to Exodus chapter 16, Exodus chapter 16, and uh, here in just a few moments we'll read the scripture together, of uh, the scripture focus this week together. But today I want to talk about gratitude's nemesis. Gratitude's nemesis. And that would be the grumble. Gratitude's nemesis is the grumble. And the big idea this morning that I would like to convey, and if you miss anything else that I happen to say uh, this morning, I would like encourage you to grasp a hold of this is that grumbling and complaining undermine the grace of God and it poisons the heart. Being ungrateful and uh, expressing an attitude of ingratitude and grumbling and complaining, although quite honestly and, and, and humanly terms, grumbling and complaining feel good sometimes. It's good to just let it out and to you know, let, let it fly. But the reality is, is that grumbling and complaining, it undermines the grace of God um, in our lives, and it also has the ability to poison the heart. And studies have shown that there are a few things more detrimental to your health than a bad attitude. Because our attitudes that we carry, it begins with our mindset. If our perspective is stuck in the muck and the mire of negativity, our body, our behaviors, our mental, emotional, and even our physical health will begin to suffer and will begin to take on this posture, a posture of negativity. Have you ever met an individual that, uh, that for everything you have, they have a problem to go with it? that, you know, it could be the brightest, most beautiful day as it is today, and they would find fault in it somehow and some way. And truth be told, at times, we're all like that a little bit uh, in different aspects. But the reality is, is that if we find ourselves stuck in that, in that mindset, into that register, it can begin uh, to have a significant negative effect. You know, there have been studies uh, by physicians that have linked uh, aspects of having a negative mindset and being negative all the time to physical ailments such as heart disease and other things that, that truly affect the body. And it all boils down to this aspect of ingratitude. Ingratitude is a choice. We have the choice. It's a choice 
not to recognize good or kindness in our life. It is uh, the choice to take on the mindset and the spirit of just being a grumpy old grouch. And that, that our hero in those, in those uh, moments is that little green guy that lived in a garbage can on Sesame Street. I don't know if you all remember him. It, uh, he, you know, one of his famous lines is, buzz off, you know. And uh, the reality is, is that ingratitude could make us to where people question whether or not we are closely related to Oscar the Grouch. And the truth is, if we're willing to admit it, there are times in our lives when circumstances or situations uh, come up that, that we do get. We do get grumpy. We do get grouchy. Um, some of you are morning folk. If you're a morning folk person that, you know, you get up and you are just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, uh, then the rest of us real people... <laughs> we're not, you know, we're like it's morning again. Didn't we just do this yesterday? Kind of a thing. I'm, I'm a little bit uh, in the middle. Um, I don't like to get up early, but I have to. So it kind of might as well have a good time while I'm at it. But the reality is, is that each of us at times, and that's a little lighthearted, but each of us at times when situations or circumstances, we find ourselves getting a little grouchy, getting a little grumpy. And the Bible actually is absolutely chock full of stories that originate from a heart of ingratitude. Many of the most disheartening and depressing and, man, that's just so sad that it turned out that way, kind of a story within the Bible's pages begin with a spirit of ingratitude, especially when we realize that as we kind of hopefully related last week, there is so much that we have to be grateful for. There is so much that we have to be grateful for. In fact, Merriam-Webster defines ingratitude as the failure or refusal to acknowledge the receipt of something good from another, the forgetfulness of or poor return of kindness. Now, you and I all know the story of Cain killing his brother Abel in the Bible. Both brothers offered a sacrifice to God. Abel's sacrifice was acceptable to the Lord and Cain's was not. Knowing Cain's sacrifice was given from an ungrateful heart, God rejected his offering. Cain's ungrateful spirit sparked a wave. It began a series of events in which it began to stew anger within his heart, and it convinced Cain that the answer to his wounded pride in this moment uh, was not a reflection of all that God had done up to, for them up until that point, was to act out in such a way as to kill and murder his brother. His wounded pride and and, and it convinced him that, that the only answer was to get back. And I would argue that the slippery slope of the sins of Cain and so many others within the Bible originate from this sly sin of ingratitude. 
Uh, philosopher David Hume relates to us, and he wrote at one point, of all the crimes that the human creatures are capable of committing, the most horrid and unnatural is that of ingratitude. In Exodus chapter 16, uh, we are reminded and we read again of the plight of the Israelite people after they've been set free from Pharaoh's grasp. In Exodus chapter 16, and we'll begin reading uh, in verse 1 this morning, Exodus chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. And if you're able, would you please uh, stand for the reading of the word this morning? Exodus chapter 16, beginning at verse 1, and the scripture reads, They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger." Verse 4, then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Verse 6, so Moses and Aaron said to the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you, what the, when the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word today and just pray that, that you would, uh, through your Holy Spirit, do the work that only you can do in us as we, as we this morning and in the days to come, tackle this, uh, this nemesis, this foe, of ingratitude in our lives. Help us, Father, to recognize it for what it is and to flip the script and, and to find something uh, to be grateful for in those moments. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. In Exodus chapter 16, where we just read, after about 45 days of travel, the resources of the Israelite people began to run dry. With dwindling resources, their hunger and exhaustion overtook their reserves. Any of you all get kind of grumpy and grouchy when you get hungry? You know, now they've developed a term for it. You know, you're hangry. Um, and, and that's what's happening here. The excitement over escaping their enemies in Egypt and their life of slavery and all that was a part of that time and their newfound sense of freedom were quietly squelched 
out by their physical need. As their bellies began to rumble, their mouths began to grumble. And, that's, and that can be as, uh, uh, for us as well, you know. Maybe not at times when we're hungry, but at times when a slight situation comes our way, a difficulty comes our way, it is very easy, uh, if not recognized, it is very easy to begin to grumble. Exodus, uh, the second verse that we read there, and it says, And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. I love the Bible. I love what the Bible says. I also love what it doesn't say. In the second verse there, it says, The whole congregation. Everybody was grumbling. Everybody was upset. Everybody was thinking, man, it would have been so much better. As bad as it was, as hard, hard as it was, it would have been better if you would have just left us in Egypt. The whole congregation of the people grumbled. And, that, and it's very interesting how that verse reads. And it says that they didn't grumble against God. They start to grumble against Moses and Aaron. They grumble against their leaders. Just as we struggle with the gravity of our physical needs, so too did Israel. Overcoming their fear of hunger, Israel's focus shifted from the Lord's provision for what he was about to do and what he could provide, instead going back mainly to Egypt and all of their life as hard as it was there. I don't know anyone uh, in a situation, even dealing with uh, the surface looking like things are bad, that would want to go back into the life that they had. But that's exactly what they were saying. Man, it would have been better. You know, we could have been abused and horribly treated but at least we had something to eat. Their complaints surpassed their bellies to resolve, of the, uh, to resolve that Egypt would be better for them than God in their time of need. So the Lord, as he often does throughout Scripture in our, in our lives as well, being gentle with his spiritual infants, he heard their grumble and graciously provided for his children. Now, when I was growing up, it wasn't so much grumbling, but there would be something that, that would take place, and, and maybe it was something that I wanted, and my parents would say no, and so I would resort to the tactic that all children resort to in that situation. I began to cry. <laughs> and I can remember it in Hill's department store when I was just wee wee little. That at that, uh, when I was wee wee little, there was, this, there was this show. I don't know if you know of this fella. His name is Godzilla. I, I loved Godzilla. And Hill's department store had this toy, and it was, it was a big guy. 
it was about like this, if I remember correctly, of Godzilla. And it was so cool because his eyes, you pressed a button and his eyes blinked red and he had this little thing that come out of his mouth that, that was his tongue. It was so cool. And I had to have it. I had to have it. So much so that my parents were in another part of the store and I broke free from them and I knew where the toy department was in the store and so I made my way and they were all searching you know scared you know that I was abducted or something of that nature and they were scouring the store and here I was sitting on the floor in front of the display of the Godzilla toys thinking man this would be so cool and when my parents uh, finally caught up to me and finally found me um, I'll leave out the details of that encounter uh, but, you know, I, there was crying <laughs> on my part. And then, and then echoed those infamous words. Keep crying, and I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> Aren't you glad that the Lord is not like that? Because <laughs> I, you know... Y'all wouldn't have to worry because I would be taking up all of his time. Even though he stands outside of time, I would, be, I would be taking up a big portion of it. But the Lord in this case didn't say to the Israelite people, Oh, oh, you, you, you don't like how I provide for you? Well, let's just see about that. But the reality is being gentle. And isn't he gentle with us? He heard their grumble. And he graciously provided for his children by sending them quail from the sky and birthing manna from the ground. You see, when we grumble and when we're given over to times of grumbling, it is the complete opposite of gratitude. It is the complete opposite of gratitude. To grumble and to complain in a very real way, is to reject the grace of God. We sang about the grace of God earlier this morning. Amazing grace. But to grumble and complain is to simply, flat out, reject His grace in our lives. And, and, and I don't want to make it like that it's some high in the sky by and by. We all find ourselves... Uh, coming to a place at one point or time or another that we can, that we grumble, that we get upset, that we, you know, life isn't fair. You know, um, I love, I love a couple of different sports. I love college, I love college football. Um, I'm not an Ohio State fan, sorry if that offends you. Um, you can pray for me. It won't do any good, but you can pray for me. I love, I love the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I have for, for, for ever since their coach was this fellow that was born in East Liverpool named Lou Holtz. And since they had this guy that, that went on to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't know if you ever heard of this, Jerome Bettis fella. Uh, that's when I began to love the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And yesterday, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish were playing those heathen heretics from South Carolina, the Clemson Tigers. 
and they weren't supposed to win. Clemson's number four, Notre Dame is unranked, but at the end of the day, Notre Dame came out on top, and I was happy, and I was excited, and I was, you know, God, you heard our prayers. Uh, later on, the other sport that I truly love, and, and, and it's first place, I love college football, but I really love racing. I was uh, watching the race, the last race of the season for this particular uh, portion, and the guy that was out front, he's not a guy, he's a 19-year-old kid. Uh, you know, he got out front and he ran away from it, and I did not want him to do that. And so I found myself in the latter portions thinking to myself, man, Lord, this would be a really inopportune time for him to have a flat tire. And it was so much so that, uh, that it was very easy. Oh, man, he won. I was not as happy as I was with a football game. But the reality is, all of that to say, it is very easy, and that's kind of lighthearted, I understand. But it's very easy in serious times, when things really hit us, to begin to grumble and to complain. Israel's complaining surpassed their unmet physical needs. Their murmuring was a faithless act in the eyes of God that insinuated that God's provisions were not enough. Choosing to be ungrateful for the daily delivery from the sky and raised from the ground meals and the desire to go back into slavery, to be fed there instead, was to reject God's grace, his amazing grace and his offer of salvation because Israel's salvation was dependent upon their trusting of God. And in this situation, they were proving as they would over and over and over throughout the Old Testament, that they did not trust God. Thankfully, grumbling does not have the final say. God's grace in our lives and in the lives of the Israelites, because God didn't decide, oh, I'll take care of you. You think that's bad. You just wait. I'm just beginning. He took care of them, and he does the same for us when we complain and when we grumble. I am so thankful that God does not deal with me in the way in which I deserve. I'm so thankful that he doesn't deal with me in the way that I deserve because the reality of it is all of us don't deserve anything that we get from his hand. We don't. We don't deserve it. I've heard that term over, or that phrase over and over. I just want what's mine. I just want what I deserve. The reality is we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve 
the reality of Jesus coming to walk among us for 33 years to go to a cruel Roman cross to pour out his blood so that you and I can be with God in eternity forever in the place of heaven. We don't deserve that. The truth is, if you want to know what we truly deserve, we truly deserve to hear those fateful words, depart from me, for I never knew you. That's what we deserve. But because God is so gracious and so loving, when we give ourselves over to complaining and grumbling and being grouchy and those things, he doesn't deal with us the way that which we deserve. His grace takes over. His, he is gracious to forgive. And the answer to our ingratitude does not require a movement of mountains. We begin to push the needle forward by rejecting a spirit of ingratitude, by simply being grateful. By simply being grateful. We have so much that we can be grateful for. Yes, we all go through difficulties and we all go through trials. And it would be um, untrue uh, for me to say, oh, don't worry, everything will be taken care of. You will not have a pain. You will not have a difficulty. You will not have anything ever to worry about. But the reality is that Jesus himself said that in this world you're going to have trouble. And my 48 years, I have seen some trouble. Sometimes a lot of trouble. But I'm so thankful that in those times, the remainder of that verse is also true. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. And so, uh, the Israelite people, as they're grumbling and complaining, and as it is a picture of us sometimes, in our lives, when we don't get the closest parking spot to the Walmart, when they are out of French fries at the Walmart, there's a theme here, I don't know, you might catch it, you know, when the line at the cash register at the Walmart is 47 people deep, when, when, when whatever, and we are, we are tempted to be given over to that, oh, I don't understand. And that's what grumbling is. It's Thankfully, the Lord doesn't deal with us in those moments the way in which we deserve. His grace can overshadow us. And we can find something to be grateful for. You know, in those situations, we find something uh, to be grateful for. I didn't get the closest parking spot, but thank the Lord that, that, that I have two uh, uh, very functioning legs that can walk. You know, they may not have French fries, but, you know, there's something else that can be substituted. And I'm thankful that, you know, his grace has provided the rest of the food. The reality is we can begin to push the needle forward and reject the spirit of ingratitude by simply practicing gratitude. And this week, let me encourage you as I uh, wrap this up, 
Ask yourself, how can I, in the situations that I'm going to, uh, to be involved in and encounter this week, how can I push the needle forward when it comes to being grateful? And how can I be very quick to notice and recognize those times when, when that grumbling and grouchy and complaining spirit comes into my life? And in those times, be very, very conscious to focus on God's grace instead of the situation that's causing uh, me to be uh, ungrateful and complaining. The beauty of the gospel of grace is just that. It's grace. You don't have to earn your way into a spirit and posture of gratitude. You can receive God's grace at any moment in time, and you can find something uh, to be grateful for. You see, practicing gratitude, expect, accepting, and expressing His grace in our lives is the surest way to defeat the spirit of ingratitude and of complaining that we sometimes find ourselves in. If the people of Israel, in just these eight verses, the, the rest of the story uh, withstanding. If the people, if it said that the whole congregation, and, and I'm reminded of the 12 spies that went into the land the first time, and, you know, 10 of them came back and said, oh, wait, have you seen, you did, those people, they're huge. And the two, Caleb and, and uh, Joshua, said, no, 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 no. They're big, but with God, we're bigger. Paraphrase. And it's in those times when, when we come into those situations that we can be just like that. Yeah, I, it's so easy to get growing. Oh, man, it would be so easy uh, to just let it fly. But let me choose to recognize God's grace in my life and how I have so much to be grateful for. If there would have been two folks in that congregation that would have said, hey, wait a second, all you. Go back to Israel? What? Listen to yourself. But it doesn't say that. It says that the whole congregation uh, grumbled. And have, you, have you ever found that it's easy for grumbling to get an audience? <laughs> and they say misery loves company, and it's true. It's easy. And uh, the reality is we have to be very careful, and, and especially in these days and times. You know, it's very easy for me to get into a spirit of grumbling. It occurs every single day when, and, and I mentioned this last weekend, and, and it's getting even worse. When I see those commercials, and, and the, the commercials, you know, and I said last week, and I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. One of them's going to say that the other hates puppies. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And, and my thinking is, I'm not sure who they're trying to convince, me or them. I already know, and it's getting, and it's easy to, uh, to find myself grumbling. But in those moments, and you can do this as well, I am thankful for the grace of God that gives me the opportunity to be grateful. 
grateful that I can shut the television off and I don't have to hear them anymore. But the reality is, yes, there are times when, when we can find ourselves in a, a spirit of grumbling and complaining. It's, it's part of humanity that has been affected by sin. But in those moments, I would encourage each of us to find something to, re to remember once again the grace of God, to find something that we can be grateful for and watch in gratitude flee from us. Would you stand with me, please? And, and let me go back to uh, the big idea. Grumbling and complaining undermines the grace of God and it poisons the heart. It can do just that. But being grateful has the exact opposite effect. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.